Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Think Tank Sports. Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen. Check us out on the socials if you would be so kind. Facebook, Twitter, and the IG. And listen to us on Spotify for podcasters or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And watch us on YouTube as we continue our YouTube journey. Oh, well, we've taken We took a break from the Yankees and rightfully so, uh, Mike and I just were like, there's nothing good to talk about. We can't spin it. We don't want to be doom and gloom for half hour, 40 minutes. So enough of that, but you know, it's been now two weeks, the Yankees, eh, you know, uh, some good positive, I think storylines. Uh, and so we thought, well, let's let's connect back with our Yankees and and just you know some thoughts on the the some of the changes they've made and how they've played the last few weeks and and you know what the rest of the nineteen games just nineteen games left in the Major League Baseball season a season that seems like it goes on forever and all of a sudden it's like wait a minute there's less than twenty games left so. We're going to talk a little Yankees and we're going to hit up the, as Mike likes to call it, the second most popular sport, some NCAA college football, lots of good stuff going on there and lots of compelling storylines. But first and foremost, Mike, how the heck are you? I mean, I'm doing okay, buddy. I'm a little sports wise. I'm definitely uh, not having the best time of my life. Uh, The Yankees are uh, a major disappointment this season. Last place, 19 games out battling for 500 not certainly what we thought we would be dealing with um as if anyone follows us for our football coverage you know my uh new york giants didn't exactly start the season off with a bang so uh we come in here recording on monday september 11th uh excited for the buffalo bills for sure dave as i see you're even though it's a baseball podcast today you're on your uh, your bills game as they have the big monday night football matchup tonight against uh, the J-E-T-S sucks, sucks, sucks. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, like you said, we're going to, you know, we're still watch baseball. Uh, we're still big baseball fans. And, and certainly uh, as the playoffs get here and ramp up, we'll we'll uh, connect with you guys more often. But the, you're right, Dave, the Yankees, um, and, and you said it before we came on, kind of waved the, the white flag that we all knew uh, needed to come and, and – uh, you know, got rid of Donaldson and made some moves and brought up, you know, what we've been pining for in Austin Wells and, and uh, the Martian, Jason Dominguez. And uh, team-wise, they went on a little bit of a nice little fun run. You know, they beat the Astros, two out of three from the Tigers, you know, and then here we are uh, against Milwaukee. We'll, we'll get into uh, the double no-hitter they had going last night. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, crazy. But- really a more uh, relaxed feel around the team. Unfortunately, it's because of uh, how poorly they played to start the season. There's really nothing to push for. Yeah. But you can see everyone just kind of take a collective breath and say, okay, we've accepted our fate for this season. Um, and let's, you know, get back to what has gotten us uh, previous success. So the young kids come up and Jason, Jason Dominguez uh, just, impresses the heck out of me from the start, Dave. I don't know about you. Uh, and and Wells as well, but uh, just uh, everything we've heard since he was drafted, you know, they've had an eye on him since he was 15 years old. They 
pick him when he's 18. He's up early, you know, relatively in his baseball clock. Uh, he's ahead of the schedule as far as uh, being in the majors um, in 2023. And boy, the power, the easy power, the easy athleticism, um, maybe needs some improvement in the baseball IQ department, but, you know, we can work on that with experience, but mm -hmm. uh, let's start with that positive, Dave, uh, Jason Dominguez, the Martian, the, the future is bright with him. Huh? Oh, no doubt. I mean, look, he, he gets called up, right? So he gets called up, I think the Wednesday of that week um, yes. and a rumored had it Wednesday, then Thursday, this is uh, now August 31st. He gets called up. Um, and we're looking at the schedule and they're going to Houston for three games, Justin Verlander on the mound Friday night. Here's the rookie, uh, up against Verlander. Um, and the first swing that he gets in the major leagues, he hits a home run, uh, off of Justin Verlander and, you know, just, I mean, what are you going to say? It's, it, it's right. a storybook beginning, um, you know, and he just, you know, just continues with, you know, some other big hits and some more home runs um, just kind of exactly. I think what Yankee fans were hoping for, right. He comes up and he doesn't suck. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's, let's be honest in a season of suck, we needed some positive from somebody and we got it in uh, Jason Dominguez. Um, just a great, great start, you know, love to yeah, see him does. out there in center field, you know, obviously with the Yankees storied history of center fielders, uh, Dominguez, you know, just fitting right in and, you know, listening to the other players and Boone just say he, he just, he just feels like he's, he settled right in and he's been there and, um, just how they have said, you just don't see that. Um, there were, since judge was like the other group of baby bombers in 2017. And now he's the old guy, if you will. Um, right. and him saying, gee, you know, we were good, but these guys, you know, they are, you know, with him and Wells, um, Peraza a little bit, uh, Pereira certainly as well. They just yeah. feel like, they have a good sense of the game and they're not um, overwhelmed by the moment, I think is kind of what judge was saying. So um, good stuff. I there. think for the group of them, uh, Dave, they feel like they haven't been ruined by the Yankees coaching staff at the professional level. <laughs> they're still, they're hitting the ball the other way for power. Give them know, time. Not, Give them time. You know, I know. Uh, they're taking pitches, but they're not letting good pitches go by. They're not taking yes. pitches just so they can get to a three and two count. Uh, they're taking the right pitches. You know, that, the, the command of the strike zone at a young age is so impressive for all of them. But, you know, Dominguez, just to throw some numbers at you, uh, it's 31 at bats. He hits 258. Uh, eight hits, four of which are home runs, but another and one of which is a double. Seven RBIs. He has a 980 OPS. Uh, he did strike out eight times, walked twice, um, and stole a base. So, I mean, for the small amount of time he's been up, that's a like you said, a, a better than good start. I think even more than I would have expected out of anybody. You know, whether you see yeah. some of the top prospects. Uh, of the past come up all over major league baseball, they would be happy with, with uh, this start. So uh, um, 
Yeah, that's great. And those that four that you just mentioned, those you know younger kids, and, and it is weird just hearing you say Judge be one of the old guys. But you're right. Yeah, um, it, it, it's crazy. What I have a question about for the Yankee organization is where's the young pitching? Uh, yeah. Do you, do you do you want to go there with the pitchers, or is there anyone else you wanted to talk about offensively? Well, no, I think it's fine. I think you know you look at like Clark Schmidt. He has been. Okay. You know, as good as as a lot of starters as far as innings um, and consistency over the second half of the season, um, he's just been great. Uh, you know, he was somebody that they've gone back and forth with over the last few years. Like, you know, last year he was in the bullpen a lot and, you know, now he gets the opportunity to start and, you know, he's. The, the game is delayed tonight against the Red Sox, but he's starting tonight. He's nine and eight with a 4.54 uh, ERA considering how high it got early in the year. Um, the fact that he's been able to bring that down a lot, I think is, is exciting. Um, yep. But that's it though. Um, you know, we have the Luis Severino, let's call it experiment, which is probably done. Uh, I would think, um, he was just horrible label himself as the worst pitcher in the league. And he was, so he was, yeah. not, it wasn't inaccurate. Um, and I appreciate then, his honesty, but let's yeah. change that up a little. Yeah. yeah. Right. So then he pitches great for four or five starts and then, you know, hurts his, you know, side, side you know, yeah. um, pitching the other day and now he's done for the year and his contract is up. I, I would be really surprised to see Luis Severino back. Um, so you've got Cole, you've got Schmidt, Carlos Rodon obviously signed for the long term. Yeah, Frankie and Montas that, is in the witness protection program. Right, Montas, uh, he's he's going to be gone. Um, you know, as far as young pitching, it's not there, Mike, and. Uh, I guess we're blowing off Nestor Cortez, but he's really had a lost year. Um, yeah, but but I wouldn't consider him. You said young pitchers. Yeah, I don't true. consider that's him true. to be like a young pitcher. Certainly, You're Nestor right. Cortez comes back, and it's a valid point, Mike, because I I completely forgot about him. Um, so I mean, that's for you know, if Rodon could continue to bounce back the way he has, um, and mm-hmm. you know, not be injured and have a full spring training and get into things next year, you would expect more from him. Um, but yeah, as far as young arms, uh, I don't really see it. I mean, we've talked about Debbie Garcia, but he seems to be just right. buried in the doghouse somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean, the Yankees need some young pitching. Uh, my guess is from the from the the miners that the the folks that they have um are just, just you know yeah. well and are just are too young right now they're just not with there's right. nobody there's no there's no young guys in waiting that you think oh okay these guys can make the roster next spring and no right. uh, it's not that so what does that leave that leaves the yankees looking at free agency again um you know which okay is fine but when you look at some of the things, particularly if you look at this last year, I mean, Montas was a complete failure. Rodon, you can't control the injuries, but I mean, he pretty much a lost season for him too. So right. um, you would much rather have some young pitching there. Sorry, I went on and on a little bit. To no, no, question. 
But no. I think it is a real valid concern uh, for the Yankees. And then, of course, the Cashman Boone thing, uh, you know, which everybody loves to say, well, one of these is going to be gone and do this and do that. And Mike, I don't know about you, but I just have the feeling like both of them are going to be back next year. Um, uh, I you know. think Cashman will be back. I'm 50, 50 on boo. And I, you know, you're right. I, I do not get the sense of uh, urgency or gloom and doom uh, that we probably should for any other owner. Um, maybe not any other owner, but most competitive owners. Uh, but also, I, I don't know. I don't know. Cashman's coming back. I, I think that when they signed him last year, it was clear that he had this one more contract and uh, he needs to divorce himself from Boone. And then my question is, what kind of manager are they going to bring in? And we'll talk about this, you know, in the off season and if it does happen. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, who else are you going to get? Where, where are the different skill sets going to be? Until the Yankees decide, we say this every podcast, yeah. what, Who's in charge? Is, are the analytics the people in charge? Are the baseball people in charge? Are the is the manager and the general manager in charge? If one of those three entities doesn't rise to the top and seize power, you know, like it's Game of Thrones or something here, yeah, uh, we need, you know, we, we need that. But um, overall, watching these games now, you said there's 19 games left. We want to, you know, stay positive. The Yankees are 71, 72. Um, so obviously we want we want to finish above 500. I guess I never thought that, that would come out of my mouth this season, but certainly we want to continue to play uh, competitive baseball. And we saw that last night uh, with this. Uh, it, and then you say, how, Mike, how can they be competitive? They got no hit for 10 innings, <laughs> <with the worst. laughs> but they did win the game in 13. So they, you know, yeah. they hung in there now. You know, Cole and, and Burns really had a, a duel for the ages. Um, both of them came out with less than 110 pitches, but still um, we'd love to see them continue. But you're not going to – it's just not going to in this day and age. You no. know, I saw some articles today about, you know, what, what happened to Major League Baseball. Why were these guys pulled out of the game? Well, it's just – that's just the way it is now. I, don't, I can't believe yep. you're even writing this article. <laughs> yeah, Cole, but, Cole pulled after seven, Burns after eight. Um, yeah, I mean, you can think of, you you know, you can go back in history and, and see so many games, uh, where pitchers never would have been pulled when they're throwing a no hitter in the seventh and eighth innings. But, but this is the generation that we're in. Uh, Yeah. And kudos to the Yankees because they very well could have, you know, folded up their tent here. Um, you know, and they had to battle in the extra innings. I mean, this, so no hit scoreless going into the 10th inning, the game ends up being four to three. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's, right. you know, from that perspective, it was an offensive explosion. Uh, <laughs> you know, Milwaukee gets, excuse me, Milwaukee gets a run. The Yankees tie it up. You know, Milwaukee gets two runs. Stanton comes back up and homers to tie it, you know, and then Higashioka gets the big hit to, to drive in uh, the winning run. Um, right. That's an offensive explosion, but if you think about the this, Yankees, yeah. it is, yeah. Right. But for this Yankees team, you know, three weeks ago, uh, right. that just doesn't happen. And, and, you know, to Mike's point about the, you know, they threw up the white flag and everybody kind of relaxed. Um, I think you saw a little bit of that in this game. Um, but yeah, I agree. It was a with weird you. celebration. Like Stanton hits the home run and everybody's like, 
running on the field to celebrate, but not really. Yeah, I don't know. It was just a very strange feeling. We're happy, but we're not too happy because we don't want to offend our fans because we know we suck. But we're also very happy that we won this tough game. It was just a, a weird, uh, you know, intersection of emotions. Um, yeah, yep, for you sure. Know, not to mention that you know everybody is probably watching football, although the, the local New York teams weren't playing at that time. Thank goodness. Yeah, um, yep. But yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, nice thing, you know, that again, you know, the Yankees are eight games out of the wild card with 19 to go. I mean, almost insurmountable. Uh, although I did think so back to, and this, there's a chance. yeah, I, you know, and this does uh, honestly, Mike, uh, and I love your opinion on this because I've thought about this um, the last couple of weeks, just because the Yankees have been so far out one meltdown that does not get talked about enough uh, okay. is um, the California. Yes. California. Uh, mm. I believe they were still the California angels then angels. Yeah. Remember they had a seven game lead with seven games to go in 1995 um, mm. and lost all seven games um, yep. to, uh, you know, and ended up Seattle, um, ends up tying them and, and they go to a one game playoff, which Randy Johnson Johnson pitches. And of course, you know, Seattle wins. We know the Yankees go on and play, you know, the Mariners in this Epic five game series, but that does not get talked about enough. Um, when you talk about colossal collapses now, maybe it's because it was the angels in Seattle and there's some East coast, West coast bias. Uh, and I'm not saying the Yankees are going to do that. Um, right. But it's one of those one of those collapses that people just do not talk about. I mean, it was, I mean, yeah, just monumental. think about right. Just think about right. any of your team, whoever you are listening out there, are tens of fans. Think about your team having a seven game lead with seven games to go, and yeah. losing all seven, and then losing a one game playoff. Ugh. I mean, That's, just uh, just crushing crushing it's like being up three to nothing against your bitter rival right. heading to the world series and then yeah not only losing that series or watching that rival go on and win their first world series in 80 years 86, like that. 86 not that we've experienced years. That. no no but we have yeah. not experienced that but anyways <laughs> things to think about um dave real yeah. quick and we'll transfer it if you're ready to college football yep. Yes. So we know the Yankees aren't going to make the playoffs as, as rosy as you just painted that picture. Okay? <laughs> yes. Appreciate your optimism. Yep. Give me a team you're going to root for in the playoffs. Let's let's, let's adopt oh, a, a here at Think Tank Sports. We can at least adopt a program. Uh, I, this is I'll give you mine since uh, I kind of sprung that on you. The team that I have had an eye on for a couple of weeks, and I've mentioned subtly here, and maybe not so subtly, is the Seattle Mariners. I love the way they play. Uh, I like their combination of talent, uh, youth, and experience. Uh, and I just think that um, they're going to be a tough out. I think their bullpen is severely underrated, and they're going to mm -hmm. be a really tough out in the playoffs. Um, that being said, you know, it, it's probably Astros Dodgers again, you know, when it all comes down to it. But uh, I don't know. I, I like the, the Mariners. And, of course, that probably just put the curse on them to – uh, you know, <laughs> lose in, in the first wild card game. Anybody, oh, yes. uh, anybody um, uh, 
pull at your heartstrings there, buddy, that you want to yeah, for? Yeah, yeah. Um, as uh, Mike Greenberg used to say, it was the KOD, right? The kiss of death. He would pick yes. a team going into the playoffs or beginning of the season, and it would be hashtag KOD, and those teams would always lose. Uh, right. Mike, it pains me a little bit because of the like long history and rivalry, but uh, it's the Baltimore Orioles for me. I yeah. mean, they, they have been so, so bad um these past five six years um and now they have 90 wins mike the baltimore orioles have 90 wins the over under on them was 76 and a half um and uh, right now it's uh, it's possible a a little bit unlikely but they could win a hundred games a hundred games yeah um, and so their um, pitching's holding up. I thought, you know, with their young pitchers that haven't gone this deep, and they've talking about holding some back, uh, you know, around the All Star break, you know, on a pitch limit. Uh, yep. they've they've done well. They've done they've con- continued to play consistently very good baseball. So I can see why you would would jump on that for sure. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, yeah. I I think you know if you look at the National League. Um, kind of all the teams have been there, right? You know, the right. the Braves, the Phillies, you know, the Brewers, the Dodgers. Um, so I don't feel like, uh, you know, if the Cubs were to get in, I uh, certainly, I, I, oh, I think sure. in the national league, you know, the Cubs would probably be a team, although I, I like the Phillies too, but they did get to the world series last year. We'd love to see the Cubs. We'd love to see the Brewers get to the world series too. Um, but you pin me down. Enough, yeah. yeah. When you pin me down, the Orioles are, are a team that okay. I would love to see be successful because then they're going to bump off the Rays and bump <laughs> off the Astros and the Blue Jays. Can, and, yeah. you know, and we can take, you know, great pride in those teams losing, even though it's not the Yankees that beat them. Anyways. Anyways, let's we talk di- about. We digress. Some exciting. NCAA football, Dave. Um, and don't worry, folks. I know you're all waiting with bated breath. We'll get to the double dip segment of the program where Dave breaks <laughs> down the two Syracuse wins. We'll probably finish with that. Um, but uh, I, it's a weird, it's going to be a great year in college football. And it's kind of bittersweet for me, buddy, because we're finally at a spot where there's a little bit of parity. And it's all going to end and go to the it's two really super nice. conferences in the next year or two. But yeah. this year, Jason, the SEC is like Georgia and a bunch of pretty good but not great teams. And yeah. you have, you know, the Big Ten has three legitimate uh, national title contenders in Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. Uh, yep. The Pac-12, I think, probably has the best quarterback play in all of the country. Um, now, defense is optional in the Pac-12, so you know that's always going to be a challenge. Yeah, um, it's just uh, quite interesting. And then the ACC, Dave, did you see that Florida State team? Oh my goodness, they are tremendous, big and strong, uh, well coached, uh, yep. and just just super impressive. So, yep, they've been they've uh, been building, a- they've been building Florida State, and you know they right. certainly you know had some some good wins last year, but yeah, now they are. Uh, they're in the driver's seat, you know, as far as um, the ACC and the ACC's, you know, birth um, in the college football playoff um, and all of that. They obviously will have to play a Clemson team that, um, you know, going back two weeks now got whooped by Duke yes. um, and looked just awful. And so Clemson really 
I mean, they have to be Florida State, and if they do, they certainly could still be in the college football playoff, but Clemson does not look the same. Um, Florida State is definitely the class of the ACC. There's no doubt about that. You, you mentioned the Pac-12, and Caleb Williams um, with USC is just incredible. Now, I saw some highlights uh, from the game the other night. Mike, the offensive line for USC, he had – so much time to throw the ball. Um, I, I could make an argument that maybe after a week of, of, of doing some lifting and getting some reps that I could have completed some of those passes. (laughs) Um, maybe not the really long one. Yeah. 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 Um, maybe not the really long pass he threw, but what I saw was, Oh my gosh. You know, they're like, look at how great he is. I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah. everybody could be great if they have five, six seconds to throw the ball. Uh, yeah, but regardless, true. I mean, he won the Heisman last year. We know he's uber talented um, right. and well on his way uh, again. Mike, are there other teams? Uh, you know, well, you, there's you, one ACC team we need to mention is Miami. The U also looks like they're back. They beat Texas A&M 48 to 33. Um and uh, I think, you know, they're going to be, if they're not, I don't see them in the top 25 that came out today. Oh, 22. They're 22nd, uh, previously not rated. So yeah. uh, I, I think, you know, that's another team that certainly might have the athletes. And uh, is that Cristobaldi that used to be at Oregon is, is, is there. He was there as an assistant coach, and now he's returned as the head coach uh, at the U. So, uh and Texas A&M on the other side of that uh, uh, loss continues to uh, disappoint every year. You know, this is the year they've got the top recruiting class. They're going to put it all together. You know, they've got mm. so many options at all these positions, and, and they never seem to to get it done um, there in the SEC. So I think you were going to ask any other team. Well, the other big story, Jamie, I talked about, of course, is your boy, Deion Sanders oh, and the yes. Colorado Buffalo. Yep. Yep. No, no doubt. Um, Like him, hate him, whatever you want to do. You know, Deion Sanders at the University of Colorado Boulder um, goes there, takes tons of players with him. Get, you know, the transfer portal. Everybody wants to play for a guy who's, you know, one of the all time greats and, and all jacked up. He's got his son playing quarterback, uh, Mike and, uh, you know what they beat what it was northwestern the first week um, yeah and nebraska last week i and, mean not exactly murderers row i guess no nope, nope, not murderers row but the fact that you know i think i saw they scored 30 points in a row you know two games in a row for the first time in eons um right. you know they have a sellout crowd um his his son 31 of 42 393 yards and two touchdowns uh no picks certainly and colorado gets into the rankings uh after week 1 and now after week 2 they're up to number 18 um certainly you know hey th- there's going to be more challenges along the way for them but easily easily one of the huge stories early on uh and their best time. player prime yeah. time prime yes. time <laughs> All right, Teach. Thanks. Uh, the, their best player, Tommy Hunter, plays both ways, uh, is a tremendous wide receiver, had a huge game the first game. They kind of uh, bracketed him there in Nebraska last week and, and held him down a little. But then, 
you know, goes on the other side of the ball and, you know, interception, they, they're practically taking half of the field away uh, and playing, you know, over 100 snaps in both games. Um, so if he continues to do that, he's got to be, you know, in the Heisman race. It's way too early to talk about Heisman, but his name certainly. And then Deion's son, Shadur, uh, also right up there. I mean, he looks so calm and polished and um, mm-hmm. just impressive. Now, they're going to run into some tougher competition. That's absolutely for sure. And, you know, do I expect him to go undefeated or even, you know, sneak into like a, a, a New Year's Six game? Probably not. But still, for a team that won one game last year, had 83 of the 90 players turnover uh, to this season. Uh, great job out of them. And I like, I love that Prime is uh, doing it against the establishment, against all odds, against all criticisms. So good for him. Yeah. Uh, and definitely, you know, some hard games in their schedule um, at Oregon, home for USC. Uh, at UCLA, home for Oregon State, um, at Washington State, at Utah. So, and these teams are all ranked. The teams that I right. just mentioned, at, at right. as of right now. So, they are going to face some stiffer competition. But as we talk about storylines, you know, right. um, this That's is be a big one. this is certainly a big one. Mike, the one I wanted to mention, and I watched some of this. Uh, is Texas uh, against Alabama, Um, Alabama, you know, and I feel like they, they looked this way. It almost feels like every year they do this, but they seem to eke out the wins and it gets covered up. Um, But not last year and not this year, Mike, Um, you know, they seem down like talent overall or just down like five. They don't have that running back that's just a little bit better than anybody. They don't have that wide receiver that's, you know, uh, in the long line they've had recently. And the quarterback looks okay, but he's just, he's young. He's going to make mistakes. So, yeah, they're down. Yep. And that's Texas is back finally. Yeah. Yeah. That um, Ewers, uh, he was, he was just great. Um, You know, he's got a lot of experience back there and he just, you know, he picked apart Alabama, uh, 349 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, and Alabama was sloppy, you know, 10 penalties, just a lot of really bad. I mean, you can just, you know, they would show yeah. Nick Saban pacing sidelines and, you know, you can almost hear him yelling at the team the next day. Uh, but Texas looks great. Um, Alabama was at number three uh after this or you know going into this game but i think texas looks looks the part in alabama looks like you know like you said the sec is kind of georgia and a bunch of other you know good teams i'm sure alabama will be good as we get to the end of the year but right now mike i was not really impressed with them um at all and i was very impressed with texas yeah no i agree uh totally the uh the only other race I want to mention, Dave, uh, it seems like the past few five years, even the uh, Big Ten East has been Ohio State and Michigan. Whoever wins that game is going to win and you know move on to the championship game to play at Wisconsin or somebody crappy from the West Division. This year, I think with uh, that, uh, I don't know if it's Allure or Allery, the, the um, quarterback for Penn State, and, and mm-hmm. I can't, I haven't heard a pronunciation of his name. 
but I've seen him play a couple of times already. And he's going to be the difference that they're going to – I think Ohio State's down, dude. And so it's going to be Michigan and Penn State in my mind. Uh, and Penn State might actually get to break through this year and, um, you know, make some noise. So I'll be excited to watch that that three-team race, you know, in the Big Ten. Yeah, right, and buddy. yep, and Wisconsin took a took a loss against uh, Washington State this last weekend. I mean, it's a non-conference game, obviously, but um, you know, it, no, it, they it's... were thinking big things in Wisconsin, and still ahead of them. But uh, sure, you know, sure, yeah, an early season, you know, loss on the road. Or, you yeah. know, you, you certainly can overtake that. Um, but I'm with you. I, I think you know, Penn State at the end of last year. I think we had talked about just you know, they were playing as well as anybody. Uh, and that has continued into, uh, this year. Look, it'd be nice to see. I, I, I can't root for Penn state, but it would be nice to see somebody else besides Ohio state and Michigan. Right. Right. All right. These next three minutes are sponsored by double dip company, double dip Syracuse university, Dave Penick, uh, two time alumni, family, uh, long history, Tell us about their huge win over Western Michigan and what the Syracuse <laughs> Orange have uh, after they take down Colgate and Western Michigan, the two uh, cream puffs <laughs> on their schedule. Uh, things are about to get a little bit steeper uh, with Purdue this week, Army, then Clemson. Yeah, North Clemson, Carolina, North Carolina, Florida, Florida State. State. Yeah. yeah, yep. I mean, that certainly is is rough. Uh, the 65 nothing shellacking of Colgate um, you know, you, you take it for what it's worth, but Syracuse has had so many games over the years where they play these teams and they keep them in the game and, and they don't win by as much as they need to. And, and so they just shellack them look. And, mm-hmm. you know, what did I see Miami? I think is playing Bethune Cookman this week. Um, right. they're, they're going to shellack them and every team has that game, you know, uh, where they, they just go out and destroy somebody. And so I, I I have no regret, no regrets. Syracuse Colgate. It's a, it's a long standing uh, football. I I can't call it a rivalry. um, Yeah. Colgate's probably doesn't, uh, they have just not in a long time. It's not like basketball, uh, but we won't get into that. Um, (laughs) And so then this last week, you know, they, they, play you know a western michigan team they're favored you know by more than three touchdowns and western michigan just right down the field right away seven nothing holy crap right uh we're gonna lose <laughs> we're gonna lose no and then syracuse just put the pedal to the metal uh 148 7 um had a garrett schrader scramble um and colgate colgate run. yeah colgate you know he gets out, gets off to the side, starts to run. And then Colgate loses track and Schrader has his head up and sees the guy um, and, and throws it and gets an 86 yard uh, touchdown pass where he just outruns everybody. And then uh, right before the half uh, Syracuse playing defense and Western Michigan driving it throws, throws an interception and Syracuse, they run it back at the end of the, first half they run it back 80 plus yards for a pick six touchdown uh and that kind of you know cemented it at that point was 38 to 7 at halftime so doing what they need to do uh some concern uh and i apologize i have not looked at this but aronde gadsden got hurt early on they're arguably their best 
well, inarguably their best wide receiver. <laughs> um, and so some concerns there, uh, but they're doing what they need to do. Uh, they're going to Purdue this week. They're, it's a Saturday night on NBC. They're favored by two and a half. Uh, expect them to win. Expect them to win against Army. And then, as Mike mentioned, the the gauntlet of Syracuse uh, playing Clemson at home. It's uh, homecoming weekend. So it'll be a lot of hype over that. And then on the road the next week at North Carolina and on the road at Florida state the week after that. So I think the hope for Syracuse fans is they're four and zero going into the, that three game gauntlet. They win one of those three games and end up at five and two after seven games, uh, you know, with, with a win, you know, potentially over a ranked opponent uh, and maybe even on the road. Uh, and then, you know, some, some winnable games in the last five with Virginia tech, BC Pitt, Georgia tech and wake forest, um, that they could get to six, seven wins and get into a bowl game again. So, um, early on the early, that's going to be a successful season and a a representative bowl game, not sneaking into a backdoor bowl game. No, I, I I mean, you'd hate to see him sneak in, but I think the back-to-back bowl berths, and this has been in the Syracuse media, back-to-back bowl berths uh, for Babers, who has that has not happened in his seven years at Syracuse, uh, would cement him. His contract mm-hmm. runs through next year. Uh, so if he does that, could bring some more recruits in. If he doesn't do that, then what do you do? You're going in with a lame duck next year. Um, do you let him go? All of the things that, you know, spiral out of control with recruiting and everything else. So you'd really like to see them win right. to another bowl game. Um, and then, you know, maybe they extend Babers, who knows? Uh, but there is talent. Look, I, there are is you talent. a Babers fan or are you a Babers apologist? Oh, I, you know, I'm really on the fence. There, there's some, there's some good things that he's done. Uh, there are some absolute head scratching timeouts, lack of challenges, things that as a coach, you just go, what the heck is he doing? And that hasn't changed over his seven years. So you just hope that it doesn't rear its ugly head in a big game where they need a big win. And, and he just blows it by blowing an early timeout or something, Uh, you know, those types of things have happened. I, I, I don't dislike him. Um, you know, he has certainly, he has brought Syracuse football back. Certainly Doug Marone helped to dig them out of, of the terrible hole. Uh, Scott Schaefer kind of made him step back a little bit and then Babers comes in and, and gets them moving a little bit more. So, uh, they're moving in the right direction. It's just, he's been there seven years. Scott Schaefer was there three years, Marone three years, like we're more than a decade now. And is Syracuse in a better spot than before Marone? Absolutely. But Syracuse right. fans like to say in all that time, we've had one 10 win season one. Yeah. So can we, can so, we do, can we do right. a little bit better? Yes. And we need to do better, but we're not, you know, the laughing stock of college football. Like we were before oh, Doug no. Marone came in. No, Absolutely. But nobody's tricky Dick McPherson, so nope. life is good. Unfortunately. Uh, great. That's the uh, double dip and the NCAA update. <laughs> just wanted to touch base on both of these subjects tonight. Um, just so, our, like Dave said, our tens of fans know that we're uh, 
still in the mix, still out there uh, analyzing weird thinking. So you're listening. Uh, we appreciate that and we'll continue to do so. We know uh, NCAA football will be awesome all season, uh, poised for a great season. Uh, yep. And Major League Baseball playoffs are always exciting. You know, we're going to root for some underdogs and sad that our Yankees won't be there, but, um, you know, continue to enjoy the sport. So while we do all that, we'll report back to you here at Think Tank Sports. And you always ask that you check us out on any of the social media platforms that exist, except TikTok, because we're too old for that. Uh, and uh, please uh, interact with us. Give us your feedback or comments, especially on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Smash that subscribe button, as Logan Paul says. Um, and I promise we won't make uh, an overpriced, really crappy energy drink to, uh, sometime in the future. Uh, but until then, and we get that level of success, yes. Uh, thank you for your support here at Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen as we strive for five. Good night. See you, everybody.